the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How do you explain this, that nine years ago you're coaching in high school and here you are with this trophy? I can only give uh, the praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for giving me this opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something. I got the best players in the world. What was that feeling like? You're in the huddle and you know that play is being called. What are you thinking? Uh, I better score. I mean, glory to God, first and foremost. We wouldn't be here without him. This team is amazing. I mean, each and every day we go out there, we love to practice. And I think that's the foundation of this team. And wow, what a run it's been. Just another game, right, Nick? Yeah, just another game. <laughs> Unbelievable. All glory to God. How cool is that? It was a dream come true. I mean, not that God needs to have the props called out to him. No, but... not that Not that God only gets credit when it comes to sporting events. Yeah, but you hear the guy, you know, the coach or the Eagles say, all glory to God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Great. It's fabulous. That was a good Super Bowl, wasn't it? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The Patriots lost. It was a dream come true Super Bowl. <laughs> I didn't believe it until the very Neither end. Did I'm I. telling no. you. I'm telling you, they had that ball at the end of the Oh, the one the, yard line. Oh my gosh. And I thought this He's is gonna not gonna happen. He's gonna throw ninety nine yards yep. and they're gonna win. That's exactly, exactly what everyone's yep. thinking about. That's the status that Tom Brady and the Patriots have. Very good. I was so thrilled. I mean, I felt in the fourth quarter, I was rooting for the Eagles like I was rooting for the Steelers. Oh, I see. I could I not. Was, no, I was I not. was. I mean, up till that point, I was emotionally removed. But once I got to the fourth quarter, I thought, people. It's a lockdown. Don't you, don't you fall down on this now. Don't you let this go. But in the back of your head, you thought, oh, this is. Of course they're gonna I lose. did. They're going to lose. Because of my emotional trauma. Uh-huh. Built up over many years. I don't think you were alone in that. Oh, I my just, gosh. Thank I'm goodness. so happy for them. Seriously, it had to be one of the top 10 Super Bowls of all time. Do you think? That play, the touchdown right before the end of the first half, was so fabulous. Yeah. I mean. <sighs> yeah. And how about the, um, the Jesse oh. James Steeler touchdown? Listen, did that hack I you said off? to them. Yes, it did hack me, me too. off. Me but too. But I said to them, because I'm, kind of, I'm kind of over it, kind of. I thought if they screw this up in the Super Bowl, they're signing their, uh, the NFL is signing mm-hmm. their own death warrant. But the irony of it all, I mean, there it was. It was basically, okay, so people were saying, well. It was exactly, well, it was the same thing. Maybe the runner had a couple more steps than Jesse James, but yeah, I don't but think the, he did. Co- Concept-wise, it was the same. Yes, I it mean, was. come on. The ball But they learned their the, lesson. They were not going to do. At our expense, yes, yes, the Steelers right. lost because of that. They were not going to do that in Super Bowl because that would have been death. Mm-hmm. Two of their touchdowns could actually not have been touchdowns. I agree, yeah. yeah. Not, not because they weren't touchdowns, because they were touchdowns, but in Officiating got in the way. Ridiculous way the NFL has decided to outthink itself and take touchdowns away from teams that actually scored them. But that's a whole other story. No, all it was still, it was a great still game. A great. How about the, the second touchdown I'm talking about? The one where it bounced up in the air and then he caught. Wasn't that was pretty. awesome. That sure was awesome. Was Only just, in football. Boink, there it is. Boink. Wow, congratulations to the Eagles. Yeah. I, I'm just. And that the city survived. What? 
is wrong. No, wait a second. With Philadelphians, that no, they no, no, feel no, no, the need no, no, to destroy. No, 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 no. What do you mean? No, 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 no. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, they did this. Yeah. But don't let's not all get a little high hot on a, you know a little high horse here. Let, might I remind you the story I've told multiple times here? I don't know what that story is. 1971, the Pirates won the World Series. I, as a young boy, take the bus downtown Pittsburgh, and they are overturning cat taxi cabs and burning them. That was 1971. Okay, that was a long time ago. Uh, We've learned our lesson. We've matured since Uh, then. We have. Don't you think we have? I don't think so. I think we have. I think all major cities share that in common. That when people are left with their own devices, they burn things down. Okay, but when we won the Stanley Cup, we weren't jumping off of the awning of the of the you know Weston William Penn. I'm not trying to defend these guys. I'm just saying we're ripping off parts of the leather awning and carrying them around downtown Pittsburgh. No, No. but we're all in the same boat, and especially look, believe me, we're not all in the same boat. We are. No, we're not. 1971. Okay, 71 is a long were... time ago. Doesn't Come matter. on, yes, it does matter. However, I'm not going to throw the the team in with their crazy no, fans who are burning because the, the team's fabulous, and I really appreciated them, and I appreciated the way they handled it, and I love the whole story of Carson Wentz going down, and then at the end of the season, and he was going to be the MVP, and then it wasn't going to work out, and no. then the second stringer who's had like the you know the journeyman quarterback who nobody cared about steps. It's just so good. How do you do that so next year? Good. What's training camp going to look like? I don't like have next any year? idea. Uh, well, I imagine that the the quarterback from yesterday's game is going to assume the backup role. And he's going to sit on no, the bench for no, a no, year? No, no, no. Yeah. Nope. He signed a contract. He's got one more year on that contract. Someone else will pick him up. I'd, I'd be surprised. Oh, no way. He'll get, he'll get He'll get a starting job somewhere. He just How won he break the a, Super Bowl. You can't break he that contract. Won, he, he signed a two-year contract. He won the Super they can. They'll trade his contract to another team. There are no guaranteed contracts if in the NFL. If that's your guy, you can let that guy go. It's like having Flurry and Murray on the bench as your, back, as your, as your um, goalies. No. You're not going to let that go. No. Yeah, they are. They're going to let it go because they're not going to be able to sustain both of them. They're going. Nick Foles is going to want his own starting job, and didn't he earn it yesterday? Yes, he did. He out quarterbacked Tom Brady. Yay! Hallelujah. Okay, I wouldn't say he out quarterbacked, but he 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 went toe to toe with him. Tom Brady was like, I saw this stat: five hundred and some yards, no picks, hardly at like maybe no penalties, one and they fumble. Still lost. One lovely fumble. Wasn't that fumble? Awesome? <laughs> no, wait. New Mikey was saying that after the game, you read that uh, Brady did not congratulate anybody on the field. He turned and walked to the clubhouse. That is correct. That's what I it's read. It's not the club. It's the locker room. Locker the room. The clubhouse is in baseball. Sorry. He, is that true? It's what I read. That's an infant move, if that's what he did. I wouldn't be surprised, though. No, of course I mean, not. it's Tom Brady we're talking about. He had to go mourn. <laughs> Gotta go bleach his teeth again. Yeah, because he lost the Super Bowl. Come on now, be nice. Uh-huh. Okay, let's win graciously. And I, we're not I, even winning. It's the Eagles for goodness nice. sake. You can't be nice to Tom Brady. Listen, you I got so one of the things Twitter is great for is a big event like that, <laughs> like the Super Bowl, yeah. or you know the Academy Awards or whatever it is. Twitter is Follow just along great for at that. Home with very funny people. Uh, there was a very funny person who I retweeted who said that Tom Brady was going to rage eat an almond. <laughs> Rage, eat, and almond. He might have gone and had a hoagie, for all we know. I don't think so. Or a bowl of basil. He's going to start with the almond. Rage, eat, and almond. Coming up in the <laughs> 5 rough. o'clock hour, uh, we'll talk about some of the best and worst uh, Super Bowl commercials. Oh, yeah. Because there were some really, really funny ones yesterday. You know, I heard people say they considered it to be an off year, but I, I enjoyed myself. Oh, I thought it was better than last year. I thought so, too. I thought it was significantly better than it was last year. significantly lighter than last year, wasn't it? There wasn't nearly as much doom and gloom. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. They learned their lesson. Like, <laughs> do we so. really need, as Americans, no. to have more people preach at us? No, let's during be happy. The, during Although the there was some preaching going on. There was some, but just not as much as last year. How about the baby spot? I mean, there was a lot of preaching going on there. That was annoying. The T-Mobile one? Yeah, I thought so, That was so annoying. uh, There are a bunch of cute babies who are being used as props by someone who has a social agenda. Oh, it made me angry. Me too. Coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing we were watching the game together. We'd like to talk about a buzzkill. Hey, let's invite John and Kathy to watch the Super Bowl. Oh, no. They're all bummed out. (laughs) No, don't. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about uh, cracks in the secular worldview, ways we can nurture our mental health. We'll talk about the power of rest and why you should observe the Sabbath. And coming up in uh, just a couple minutes, we'll talk to Greg Clugston. It's our weekly update from the nation's capital. So was the Nunez Membo a nothing burger? We'll ask Greg coming up next. W-O-R-D. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. The book of Revelation is the greatest manual for what it means to be an overcoming Christian you'll ever find. If you want to be victorious and get in on the victory that Christ has already wrought at the cross, the book of Revelation outlines various steps for those who will overcome. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series Escape the Coming Night next time on Turning Point. This evening at 730 on 101.5 W-O-R-D. You may have heard that the Obamacare individual mandate is dead, but not until 2019. But there is some good news because you can start your own Obamacare repeal and replace plan today with Todd Marley and the team at Marley Financial. You don't have to wait another year or another day. You can call Marley Financial now and ask about their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan, where it's always open enrollment time. The pro-life health plan can save you as much as 30 to 60 percent over what you pay now, especially if you're age 50 or over because you're only going to pay for the comprehensive coverage you actually need. You'll avoid the Obamacare penalty that's still in effect for this year, and it's called the pro-life plan for a reason. It doesn't fund abortion. So why wait? Say goodbye to the open enrollment period for good and repeal Obamacare for yourself today. Call Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or find them online at marleyfg.com. It's funny. I'll be on my deathbed, but they can't. They can't. <laughs> I mean, really funny. That's a new one. You, you people laugh at him and it encourages him. Quit laughing at it. And it's great for your marriage. The Ultimate Date Night is a two-hour marriage celebration like no other. You will laugh, sing fun songs, dance cheek-to-cheek, all while strengthening your marriage. Your host will be Jay and Laura LaFoon, who for 20 years have been using their unique form of marriage edutainment to help couples thrive. I did ask Laura about six months ago. I said, honey, when we first got married, you'd laugh at everything I would say. I could make you laugh in an instant. When did I go from amusing to annoying? At the altar. At the altar. <laughs> the Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. A marriage celebration even a man will enjoy. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers present The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. This Friday, February 9th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $42 a pair. Keyword date night at wordfm.com. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, service activities and more. Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org.
kick off every week from the White House. Greg Clugston joins us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, always a pleasure. How are you today, sir? Happy Monday, John. Hi. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here because I need help breaking this down. Uh, Okay, so, Greg, the long-awaited document from House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez is out. And half of the commentators that I've read say it's a nothing burger. The other half say that it's uh, evidence that the FBI was a partisan force working for the Obama administration and the Clinton campaign against Donald Trump. But as I read it, it's probably somewhere in between. I want to get your your read on this because the memo shows the Justice Department used info that was obtained by the Clinton campaign without disclosing to the FISA court where they got it, right? Um, So at least, at the very least, the FBI has lost some serious credibility. You see it that way? Well, I, I think you're right in saying it's somewhere in the middle. And even before the, the memo came out, I, I was discussing with someone the possibility or the likelihood that it wasn't going to be as awful as the, uh, you know, the one side the was saying it wasn't going to be right. Because both sides were, were just, you know, exploding with, um, you know, accusations that it was going to be either taking down the democracy and the institutions <laughs> of intelligence as we know it, yes. and or it was going to be taking down, you know, the FBI and, you know, giving power to people who shouldn't have this surveillance. You know, so when you hear when you hear such extreme language, um, you have to put that in, take that into consideration. Um, but you, you, you do have a point in terms of, um, and, and then here, I guess the other, the other point I would make is that uh, these, the FISA law, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act law, uh, is very specific about what the, uh, what kinds of uh, levels of information and um, you know support uh, the judge will sign off on uh, when these requests are made, and these requests typically are not made just haphazardly. There have to be a lot of uh, reasons given and uh, behind the idea for these kinds of surveillance requests before they're even granted or renewed. And so um, this this goes to this speaks to the heart of what the Democratic concern is is that. The Republicans on the House committee essentially cherry-picked one example of something that, you know, did have this political connection, Kathy, that you were just referring to. Um, but that doesn't speak to the larger picture of, of the overall intelligence investigation. Okay, so um, does that mean, Greg, that the judge is more particular about the, the reasons that they're giving to get the surveillance, um, to ask for surveillance, or the judge is particular about what kinds of surveillance they're able to use after the fact? Well, I, I think I, I think it's probably twofold, but obviously you have to get past that initial obstacle of meeting, uh, you know, pr- providing a, a reason, a reasonable request, uh, and why you believe as an agency it's necessary to take these more extraordinary measures of surveillance. So I think it is twofold, okay. and I and I do think that in this uh, politically divided time. Uh, how you you know how you vote and view politically is how you're going to view this release of the GOP memo to a large extent. But that seems there. I part of me ref, just doesn't want to believe that. I want to believe that there's some truth in there that we can get to, regardless of what our party affiliation is. Well, and that's a good point uh, because you still obviously want to have trust and confidence in our government institutions. Uh, no matter what the partisan politics of the hour might be, and obviously that's what you have—that's what you had, uh, that's what you had uh, with the uh, the statement 
after the memo came out late last week from the FBI director, Christopher Wray, he was trying to say to not only the people of the FBI, but I think the general public who might be, you know, wondering if they can trust the FBI going forward, that, you know, we do honorable work and we follow the rules. And, uh, you know, and so he was trying to, you know, to beef up everybody while at the same time letting, letting the public know that this is an institution that is full of people dedicated to doing the right thing. Right. And, and so that's it for me, Greg. Here's my perspective. I was out of the country that while this whole thing was going on last week. When I came back, I was playing catch-up ball, reading the newspaper in the airport, and I kind of thought, well, wait a second. How does this affect me? Uh, people have slandered each other. It feels as though, you know, there's politics in place. But in the end, it doesn't really matter to how Washington runs day to day, how the president or the FBI are going to go out and do their work. Sure. And when you when you look at the large picture, too, of, of, of you know, the politics of this decision, um, that's that's also that also needs to be really evaluated because. Obviously, you had a Republican um, memo that was released. So it was it was one viewpoint from the House Intelligence Committee that is made up of Republicans and Democrats. Yes. And you had Democrats uh, calling foul. And then, of course, it was sent to the White House, and the, the president had up to five days to, with his lawyers, uh, review the document and decide whether or not it should be declassified. Of course, the president went ahead and, and made that decision to, to publicly release it. And so the so there is a democratic memo out there as well. In fact, later maybe within the next hour or two on Capitol Hill today, there is going to be a vote by the House Intelligence Committee on whether to release a democratic memo. So this is uh this is, you know, the release of the memo part 2 this week and we're going to be hearing it about it all week just like we did with the GOP memo last week. Okay, so is the bottom line that the FBI acted in a way that was not forthcoming with the FISA court. They were they were aligned politically with the Clinton campaign, and that's all bad. However, Donald Trump is so unsavory that that that's worse. Do you know what I mean? Is is that the is that the determination people are making that okay? You know, so there were overreaches with the FBI. There was some type of cooperation with the Hillary Clinton campaign that they didn't. Uh, they they didn't disclose, but the whole point is that Donald Trump is so is difficult and subversive enough subversive enough to the U.S. system that th- we shouldn't be concerned about the FBI matter. And you're saying that that's a response from from who? Well, I'm that? saying is that seems like a perspective from the general media right now. That's what I'm oh, getting. If media. I yeah. if I turn on CBS, if I turn on NBC, that's that seems to be the message I'm getting. Sure. I was. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought you were thinking that it was maybe from from the FBI itself or one of the government institutions, as opposed to the media. No, I I would I would agree that um, we have certainly seen an uptick in that kind of sentiment from a lot of national journalists, um, and and not just before last week with this GOP memo. There seems to be um, a concerted effort on the part of some, but not all, in the media. Who, and journalists who, who feel like, um, you know, they feel strongly about the results of the election, and they feel like uh, it, it is up to them to save the country from the president, from the man who was elected president. Uh, and that seems to be, uh, you know, kind of this unspoken, you know, girding of, of the types of questions and the rolling of eyes that you see sometimes when they're interviewing Trump administration officials on television interviews and, and all the rest. Uh, and 
and there's there's not the not the respect you know for an administration even if there is disagreement uh, which obviously you're going to have journalists with any administration not agree or d- disagree with everything. Um, so it, there, there does seem to be that, um, and so that also is a part of the overall equation of how Americans are receiving this information uh, about the FISA laws and what's you know h- how that works and what this what this memo episode really says. So, from your perspective, Greg, inside the press corps. Um, I'm starting to lose my confidence that an issue like this is able is able to be reported on in a way that's just simply factual. Um, you know, I've gone back and forth over the weekend and tried to read, you know, mainstream news. I listened to an interview um, on a, a right-leaning radio show with Devin Nunez today where he said, look, I tried to get this information out to the mainstream media every which way I could. They weren't interested. This is why I had to go through the process I had to go through. So I don't, I'm not sure who to believe. Is there a way that we can just find out what happened? Well, I think part of it will um, possibly come to light with um, the, if it happens, the eventual release of the Democratic perspective on this very matter as well. Now, what's interesting is um, all indications from Capitol Hill are that uh, the members of the committee are going to vote to go ahead and, and release. Even uh, there'll be enough Republican support to say yes, the Democratic memo should come out on this matter as well. And so we're going to be we're going to see this memo then go through the same process by being sent here to the White House and for the president and his legal team to decide whether to declassify it. But there's been no pledge or no outright statement from the White House as to whether or not they will release and declassify the Democratic memo as they did with the Republican one last week. Um, so that that speaks to the issue of whether the, you know the president and the administration will be cooperative in in trying to help you know present a, a fulsome story you know a fulsome right. list of the facts of this story um, that doesn't specifically address your concern about the media uh, but you know I, I I do think that given the political climate in this country and what we've seen with some members of the press uh, in terms of of their handling of Trump related news and information. Um, it is somewhat troubling that it's it's more difficult, at the very least, to sometimes get the straight answer on stories. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Seriously, this conversation is exactly what's wrong with Washington right now. That's how it feels. It just feels like we're a dog chasing its mm-hmm. tail. Okay, so Greg, speaking of a dog chasing its tail, the government shut down, what, two weekends ago, um, and looks like it's headed that way again, Yeah. Yeah, we've got another deadline. It's this time. It's uh, midnight Thursday of this week. And so legislation, just like last time and the time before, has to be passed to avert another government shutdown. And really, you could insert our discussion two weeks ago at this time, leading up to what was, uh, you know, another deadline, because the, the very same issues are at stake here. They obviously have to agree on funding levels for the military and other domestic programs, and then there's also this other ongoing discussion around immigration and DACA, what to do with these undocumented dreamer uh, immigrants and who, who face, you know, potential de- deportation. And so we're right back there again. There, there has been a new uh, bipartisan proposal put forward today by John McCain and Chris Coons in the Senate. Uh, but the president was on Twitter first thing this morning, essentially uh, slapping that down, saying if it doesn't have enough money for the wall, 
on the southern border with Mexico, then it's a waste of time. Did the president get any extra momentum from his State of the Union address that was received so favorably? Well, it seemed it seemed you're right that there was a lot of favorable response to it, and um, you know a couple of things happened. We had this whole GOP memo flap, and it was a flap. It was kind of one of these stories that I think a lot of um, Americans across the country <laughs> they were just kind of kind of makes their eyes glaze over a little bit, you know, when they see all this this partisan bickering. And then you had the the stock market drop, you know, 666 points on Friday. Today it just dropped. The market just closed, you know, 20 minutes ago, and we're down, you know, something like 1,100 points. And so when you look at kind of the political fighting in Washington, and then all of a sudden people are looking uh, at the stock market uh, taking some some kind of historic point losses here the last two trading sessions, um, whatever of that good news might have been tarnished just a little bit, and it's only been, you know, one week since that speech. Heaven help us all. All right. So last thing for you, Greg. Uh, so is it true? It sounds like Devin Nunez now says, OK, well, I've released the Republican memo on the Justice Department. Now I'm going to move on to state. Yeah, uh, that's very possible because um, he and I think others, if, 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 unless it was just, you know, the congressman himself, he said that there are more memos to come and not just from this, not just the Democratic memo that's being debated and voted on today by the committee. But he says, yes, there there are other instances that we want to release or to seek to have publicly released because they really do feel that there have been some missteps and they have been alleging, you know, abuses along the way. Uh, and again, it's it's coming from one political perspective, um, and so you know, getting the full story is going to be the real you know the real hard work here. Great. So maybe on a weekly basis, when we talk to you, we can break down one memo per seven day period and a government shutdown. <laughs> That's right. You could just you could just put our discussions on uh, you know on a repeat cycle. Great. Right. That's excellent, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, Greg. Thanks enough a lot. Thing. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. We Seriously, doesn't it news. make you a little crazy? It's the worst. He's the. I'm telling you, he is. He is the most reasonable reporter in Washington. Yeah, and and even Greg can't make sense of it. Seriously, heaven help us. If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low, trying everything you can, from tutors to counselors, specialists to pills. You've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My husband and I wanted to buy a new car, and we don't have very good credit ratings, so the bank recommended Trinity, so we called them. And the people were very nice. They told us the best solution for our problems. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. Trinity consolidated our bills, got us a lower interest rate, and a 
much better monthly payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We feel much better now. Things are going pretty well. And since we've been with Trinity, our credit rating has really improved. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Ann, and we're debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals. Seeking a skilled labor position? Or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit expresspros.com slash Pittsburgh West. You can't change the whole world, but you can change the world for a child in poverty when you become a Compassion Child Sponsor. Choose your child now at compassion.com slash radio. Increase of clouds tonight with a bit of snow late, leaving a coating to an inch of accumulation, making untreated surfaces slippery. A low tonight down to 19. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 31. Snow arrives tomorrow night after midnight, a low of 19. That snow will accumulate 2 to 4 inches into Wednesday morning before mixing with and turning to sleet and freezing rain. That will wind down in the afternoon. We'll see high Wednesday at 34. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Cause I'm feeling like I'm running and I'm feeling like I gotta get away, get away, get away. Better know that I don't and I won't ever stop because you know I gotta win every day, day. Go! She really, really wanna pop me. Go! Just know that you will never pop me. Oh! And I know that I gotta be a little cocky. No! You ain't never gonna stop me. Every time I come in and I gotta set it, then I gotta go in and I gotta get it, then I gotta blow it, and I gotta shut it. Any little thing and then I can get it be doing because it doesn't matter because I'm gonna yeah. dead it, it. Doritos Blaze, a bold new flavor that brings the heat. I like that ad. That was a pretty good ad, wasn't it? So, uh, we, of course, this is radio, so you couldn't see the video. Peter Dinklage, who is this um, small person, right? Uh, he came out with this. He's in the Game of Thrones. So, of course, there's all this fire coming off him, and he's got attitude to burn. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so funny. And then, you know, you know the voice on the other side, right? And Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Fabulous, right? They, people call him the voice of God. The two of those together. What's interesting about the ad, as funny as it was, was two separate products owned by the same company, complementing right, each right. other. Right. So one was Doritos, one was Mountain Dew, right? right? The, the Mountain Dew was like cool Mountain Dew, you know, to quench the fire of the hot Doritos. Right. Now, are you, now being a Mountain Dew fan, as you are, New Mike, are you familiar with uh, the cool Mountain, cool Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew Ice? Yes. Yeah. No, I've never tried it. Well, uh, I'm about to. Though. Of course, right? I the, want to. Please. Let's have one together. Cool, I have, I've had the cold Baja Blast Mountain Dew that and, Taco Bell sells. Yeah. How's that? that? Oh, it's it's amazing. Is See? it really? Breath of fresh air. Yeah, okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, but it's not fresh. <laughs> How about the Doritos? Have you had the Doritos? They're hot. Uh-huh. They're really hot. Like, I've had one, 
and I'm like, okay, I need a drink already. Really? See, I can't do Doritos anymore. Yeah, Doritos is a little too, too much, much going on. My kid it's loves Doritos. It's just too much. Uh, yeah. Give me a potato chip. Yeah, Doritos I can't is do like that. layers need... and layers and layers. Yeah, I can't do, do all that. What do you that. mean too much? Like it's... too greasy on your fingers? No. Too no. Much? There's too many flavors. It's too... It's an explosion. Yeah, I just... Oh, I, it's I, so good. No, I feel I don't like... like it. I never was a Doritos fan. I was a Doritos fan when I was younger, like especially high school age and younger. Mm. But it's just, it tastes, as I'm eating it, I'm thinking, this can't be real. Not, of course, none of it is. The, the Doritos or the drink. Right, this can't be real. It's all sugar so and salt. So if I go and... back to a chip that just has sea salt on it, like, I like that. Yeah. Am I, do, do I sound like really dull? No, no, no. you don't. Mike, thank no. you. No, the segment brought to you by AARP. <laughs> But other than that, it's fine. I just feel that way. What about the Cooler Ranch Doritos? Those are good. Those aren't intense flavors. No, they're not intense. It's not. But they, again, it just tastes like this is all artificial. It is. That's why <laughs> That's it tastes why that way. I just feel that yeah, way. The segment much, is not, you know, it's not green beans. It's just <laughs> pretty, not. Pretty much everything is nowadays, though. Unless it's green beans. Yeah. Or hummus. Did you have, okay, so none of us went to Super Bowl parties. Is this true? No. no none no. of us. None of the three of us no, were all so unbelievably, no, 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 no. unbelievably no. dull. I was so happy to sit on the couch. Okay. I spent the week in Haiti, so right. I was happy to stay at home. All right. What did you eat for the Super Bowl? Did you eat anything oh, yeah. like particularly Super Bowl esque? No. Yes. Oh, Mike, what did you have? Just pizza. Okay. Just pizza. Just pizza. Okay. And I'm, chips and hummus. Okay. I had a fabulous, and I say fabulous with a capital F. Taco salad. Mm. Homemade. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh that's really, good. Really, really, really good. That's very good. Because I had been away. I had not had anything green, so I wanted to eat like green. What right. Were you, what were you sipping on? Uh, Arnold Palmer? Sipping on? No. Oh. I was sipping on cranberry juice and ginger ale. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a high quality taste. I had several of those. Cran- oh, that's a high yeah, quality pure taste. cranberry juice and ginger ale. Very nice. I had uh, white cheddar popcorn. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Fritos. Wait, but here's the big deal. And this is a big deal for me. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. two vanilla cokes. Nice. nice. One at crazy. lunch. One at lunch and one during the game. Very good. I oh. felt. I went to bed and I, I, I was kind of upset with myself. Wait, a little jittery. I no, not jittery <laughs> at all. I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot of really? sugar I had today. Nice. I had uh, the ultimate in junk food. I had a box of juji fruits. Oh my gosh! And I'm concerned <laughs> about my juji fruits are like vanilla coke, just boiled That's down. Like solo in. I love them. They're like that gummy little thing that gets stuck in your teeth. That is really it's funny. Good. Juji fruits have probably been around since 1900. Yeah, I like them. Probably the same ones we're eating were made in yeah. 1900. I don't know why. Rona was like, my wife was like, I'm going to go to the store. What do you want for the Super Bowl party? Because my kids were gone. They were they were at their own Super Bowl parties. Oh, right. So it was just the two of us, and I was so happy to be home alone we were just like sitting together on the couch side by side i was like we are so old it's so good it's so good to be here with you we watched the whole game she was a great companion so what did she get taco salad uh she did some salt and vinegar chips oh great choice and the cranberry juice and ginger ale Mm -hmm. and uh her candy oh (laughs) i had a box of juicy fruits she had a box of hot tamales hot tamales Mm -hmm. wait those cinnamon yeah you know i've never had those oh those are good that's really good. I said, save me a couple. Are, do they it. look like good and plenties? Uh, yeah, they're red though. Okay, but they're like elongated. Yeah, exactly. Little okay. pills. All right. That's very good stuff. Little pills. Great, yeah. honey. Come on over. Have some little cinnamon pills. Mm, they were good. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was it. Happy Super Bowl. 101.5 WORD. On the next Adventures in Odyssey, Tamika and Marvin's parents have a secret. You know how it's been kind of weird around here lately? The kids each have their own theories. We're going on a cruise. A motor scooter makes a whole lot more sense than a girly cruise. Perhaps they're both wrong. Um, why don't you all sit down? 
We want to talk to you about something. What's happening with the Washingtons? Find out on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Hey everyone, this is Ed Glover from Urban Impact with today's Man Up Minute. Colossians 3.2 says, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Years ago, there was a time when I spent most of my time working on my ministry rather than with my family. During the height of this successful time, I became very ill and wasn't able to work for months. One night, a while after I had recovered, I was driving with my oldest son, Nathan, and he told me that he needed to admit something to me. He said, I've been feeling guilty because I've been thanking God that you got sick. And I asked my son why, and he said, because you were never around before. And now you are. I have my dad back. James Dobson says the kids spell love, T-I-M-E. I encourage and challenge you to make it a point every day to spend time that is devoted to your children and their interests. Hug your children every day this week and tell them you love them. I'm Ed Glover. Thanks for listening to today's Man Up Minute. For more information, visit us online at uifpgh.org. Would you like more than just a mattress? This is Robin Trzinski, and everyone likes alternatives. At the Original Mattress Factory, we offer two types of adjustable sleep systems as an alternative to traditional mattress sets. Adjustable sleep systems offer special features and functionality that allow you to customize your sleep experience. We currently offer two different adjustable bases, the Style Plus, made exclusively for us by Leggett & Plant, and the Elite, powered by Reverie. Both bases give you the flexibility to raise or lower both the head and foot of your bed to meet your individual comfort needs. The new Style Plus also comes standard with dual massage motors, while the Elite can be customized with features such as Bluetooth and surround sound speakers. When paired with one of our high-quality mattress options, both sleep systems provide the comfort and support of an original mattress that can be adjusted easily with just a touch of your wireless remote. Check them out at an original mattress store near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. You had your will done years ago. But a lot's changed since then. At Hagerman Law, we believe it's always good to have a second set of eyes on the big decisions in life that deal with your assets and the people most important to you. We understand the nuances of elder law, issues like Medicaid, federal aid and attendance for veterans, and how they affect your estate and the ones that you love. So let's talk. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit HagermanLaw.com. Are you thinking about buying medicine online? A search for online pharmacies yields more than 20 million results. But which ones can you trust? Medicines bought from unlicensed online pharmacies can be dangerous. You may get a fake drug, your condition may get worse, or you may experience a bad reaction. Don't put your health at risk. To learn how to find an online pharmacy that's safe and legal, visit FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. How's your Sabbath? I'd die without a Sabbath. Truly. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. I mean it. You're committed to a Sabbath, oh. even though you work on a Sabbath. Yeah. Because I work at a church, I, I, my Sabbath is kind of weird. It's broken up by a night. Two so I, I do like most of Sunday and Monday morning. Yeah. I know to leave you alone on Sunday I afternoon. appreciate that, John. Yeah, Thank you for leaving I'm not me alone. Text you or that's nice. Email you or anything. Unless it's something funny, I'll receive that joyfully. That's fine, yeah. Okay, that's, send me jokes. Doesn't require a whole lot of work on the Sabbath Good to laugh a little bit, yeah. <laughs> AJ Swoboda is with us. AJ's a pastor. He's the author of nine books, and he's got a brand new one called Subversive Sabbath The Surprising Power of Rest in a Nonstop World. AJ, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? 
It's so good to be with you again. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Excellent. Very good. Hey, Thanks we were excited us. when we saw this new project of yours coming out. Oh, good. Yeah, my, my wife was excited, too, because now that I've written something on it, I have to do it. There. <laughs> Always helps the family. Okay, speaking of family, um, can we start out the conversation talking about the beginning of your prologue when you told the story of that amazing day when your grandparents had something shocking to show you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so the uh, kind of the, the heart of this book is um, that that we all uh, need need rest. In fact, at the very beginning of the Bible, the story of the Bible begins with God giving Adam and Eve a day of rest. It's the first gift that God gives to Adam and Eve. And uh, when I was a kid, my, my grandparents um, won uh, the lottery. They won $4.3, uh, $4.6 million dollars. Um, depending on the tax situation. And, wow. um, you know, you hear that story, and you know, I was a kid when it happened, 11 years old. Um, you would think, man, what an incredible gift, when in reality it really it, it actually kind of destroyed our family. And um, in, a, in a lot of ways, when, I, when we talk about the Sabbath as Christians, often it, it's sort of a, a gift we don't, it's it's a gift we don't know how to handle. We don't know what to do with it. Okay, and you're and, saying you know, you're saying AJ, that's what happened in your family is that your your grandparents got this tremendous amount of money, but they didn't know how to handle it. Exactly. Yeah. Which actually, there's like literally whole documentaries about what happens when sure. people yeah. win that kind of money. <laughs> that we don't know how to handle those kinds of blessings, and I think that the same thing has happened with the Sabbath. We literally, it is the gift of God. We have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, so I, I appreciate that, AJ, is that you started to think about writing this book, and then you went through the process of writing about Sabbath. You took it to heart, and you really worked it, because you talk about uh, Flannery O'Connor, and someone says to her, you don't have to, oh, that was a, 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 a fan said, that was a profound book, but you don't look like you wrote that book, and your hope <laughs> is that you've written the Sabbath book, and that you live the Sabbath, because you you look like it. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 exactly. I mean, the, the, the irony of this book, which I, I took, I mean, this book is the culmination of 10 years of my life. And wow. I, I took three years to write it, uh, is that in the process of writing this book, I actually almost burned out, which is there's great irony. There's in, great irony. In, in, in that. But the, the reality, the reality is uh, of everything that I've ever, I've ever written, this project has transformed, transformed me more than anything. I think the Sabbath is one of the most overlooked aspects of Christian faith. And we're, we're nervous about it. We're scared about it. Some of us have written it off because we're afraid if we do it, then we can't eat bacon anymore. And the, really the purpose of this whole book, <laughs> the, the purpose of this whole book is yes. to demystify the Sabbath and bring it down to real life. And that is that God does not want us to be slaves. He wants us to be his friends. Mm. Wow. AJ, in my experience, uh, the breaking of the Sabbath or the not honoring of the Sabbath um, or not appreciating or enjoying the Sabbath is the one commandment that it seems like in our churches, it's no big deal to break. You mm. know, like in in my, in my church, like if someone was committing adultery, that would be something that was talked about, right? Yep. If, if someone was caught lying, that would be something that's talked about. But if someone is working on the Sabbath, it's, it's, no, okay. it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, I talk about that in in the book at great length because it, not only not only do we not talk about it, but we we almost celebrate its breaking. I was in a, a church council meeting, which is the group of people in our church that uh, does the finances, and I was talking to them about this process of the Sabbath, and I had this epiphany that you know, as a pastor, if I was to break 
you know, if I, if, if I was to lie, I'd probably, you know, lose my job about the finances. If I was to steal money, I'd probably lose my job. If I was to have an adulterous relationship, if I was to murder somebody, I'd probably lose my job. I'm sitting there walking through these, and it dawned on me that if I don't keep a Sabbath, these people are going to probably give me a raise. And it was hmm. it was this a mind-blowing epiphany that we we have literally become a nine commandment people, and one of them we celebrate breaking in our churches. Yes, and uh, that's a dangerous place to be in. And I I think we have to look at the fact that Jesus Himself rested all the time in the not in the Gospels. He's always sleeping when His disciples are awake, and He's always awake when His disciples are sleeping. Uh, in the back of a boat when the storm is going on, He's sleeping. They're scared to death. The Garden of Gethsemane, he's wide awake praying, and they're all asleep. So the point is, Jesus sleeps, and I think we need to embrace a Christ-like Sabbath. Yes. So then, A.J., is, is the Sabbath truly the um, the value of just doing nothing? No. In fact, um, in, in fact, nothing... Uh, when you go back to the very original creation story, what, Adam and Eve were made on day six, right? So you have these seven days. Day seven was a day of creation. Uh, the day of Sabbath, which was the day of rest. Day six was the day that Adam and Eve were made. Now, I, I just think, I find it of such profound import to this conversation to consider that for Adam and Eve, uh, their very first day of existence was a day of rest, um, which to me is the, is the first image of the gospel in the Bible, uh, and that is that God actually doesn't, they, they're not created and then work right away. They actually rest, and out of their rest, they work. They get the rest first and then work second. Um, what did Adam and Eve do on that first Sabbath? They had accomplished nothing. They had done nothing. They hadn't earned the Sabbath. They had done nothing. All they had permission to do was walk around in the garden with God and celebrate what God had done. The Sabbath day is not a day of nothing. It is a day to celebrate and rest in all that God has done. And in my family, man, we eat a lot of good food. We watch a movie. We take lots of naps. And if, if if a nap and food are nothing, uh, then I don't. Then sure, we do nothing. But that to me is something. We're talking to AJ Swoboda. His new book is called "Subversive Sabbath: The Surprising Power of Rest in a Nonstop World." Um, I want you to tell us what it means that you almost burned out writing this book on rest. Yeah, only. I mean, the truth is, any writing project you almost burn out. There's, it's, it has been said uh, many times that. Um, that, that writing a book is, you know, is, is like giving birth to a child. My wife would say that's not an apt metaphor to use. <laughs> I bet um, she would. But, um, <clears throat> nonetheless, um, yeah, I mean, any writing project is really hard. This one in particular, um, I experienced more spiritual warfare and opposition in my own heart and mind than of anything I've ever written. Interesting. And I honestly just, I really believe that the devil doesn't want us to rest. I just really am convinced of that. Um, it is not a surprise to me that out of all the times that Jesus uh, deals with a demon in the Bible, it is often on the Sabbath. Uh, Jesus is always casting out demons on the Sabbath, and I think it's simply because the forces of evil love to cause us to be distracted and busy, and God is just hes calling to us, come and be with me. Uh, and there are times that God is going to do that, and he's going to, you know, Psalm 23 says that, that God is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, force us to lie down. You know, he's going to, that he makes me lie down, um, and that God is, 
it's just it, it's just been a wild experience, but but at the same time, incredibly life giving. Yes. So AJ, it's a wonderful book, and Kath and I are really just uh, scratching it, uh, even as it came into the mail. But talk about the smartphone and the Sabbath. Yeah. Well, obviously, one of the the immediate problems with anybody that wants to keep a Sabbath is the the fact that we we have now our work in our pockets all the time. Um, I had this experience um, that really sort of broke my heart when it came to the the, the Sabbath. When I was at the, the smartphone, when I was a kid, um, my dad, you know, I have very few memories of my father, but one of the things that I remember about my dad is he would take me once a year, once every other, he'd take me to Disneyland. And what I loved about going to Disneyland with my dad, who was a doctor who worked 80 hours a week, is that it was the one place in the world where my dad didn't have his beeper. And he was always mm. free. And this was when I was a kid. So when I when I go to I went to Disneyland uh, two years ago with my son, and I had a very odd and scary experience. We were standing in line for a ride, and there was this little boy pulling on his dad's shirt, trying to get his dad's attention. And what was his dad doing? He was standing there looking at his phone, not his son, answering emails. And I just had this epiphany, this this moment of realization that our phones have turned us into quivering masses of availability. We are available to everybody but the ones that we love the most. And to turn the phone off, I mean, it is so interesting to me that when you turn your iPhone off, there is a picture of an apple with a bite taken out of it, like you're back in the Garden of Eden, Mm. and that you have been eating from the wrong tree, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, these, these phones take us away from all the things that we are supposed to love the most. And I think that the Sabbath, we need to learn how to one, one day a week turn it off. Yeah. What about, um, there's so many questions to ask and just not enough time, but talk about what it means to learn to say no to others um, mm-hmm. to maintain a Sabbath. That's a, I found that to be a really hard thing. Yeah, no. It, and if, you, if, um, if saying no to you is easy, then you're probably not compassionate, nor do you care mm-hmm. for others. Right. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, saying no is 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 really is a really challenging thing. And I, I think even in the life of Jesus, we find uh, that Jesus wasn't a yes man. Uh, he was often asked to do all sorts of things and said, "No, you know, would you come to this village? No, I'm going somewhere else. Uh, would you heal this person? No, that's not what I'm doing right now." Um, even Paul, as Paul is about to go into this land uh, in the Book of Acts, where uh, Acts 17 or 19, he's about to go into this. Uh, this new region where the gospel had never been preached, and he's about to go in, and the Spirit of Jesus said no to him. You're not supposed to go. Um, and what both those stories tell me is that God is not a yes man, and that God says no all the time. And not that God enjoys relishing saying no, it's that we are not people who can do everything. And I've learned, you know, when I say yes to go do something, I'm fundamentally saying no to my son. When I say yes to something, I'm saying no to my wife. And I need to be in a place to recognize that I'm a human being who cannot be and do everything. Right. I have to be I have conviction and character to learn to do what God has put in my life to do and not everything. AJ, as John said, you know, we just got the book. Um, we'd love to have you back after we've had a chance to delve more into it. Yeah. And, and we can talk about some things we didn't get a chance to cover today. We'll read it on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. No, no. I'll put yeah. it on my to-do list for next Sunday, AJ. I'm you better. I'm kidding. I won't no, do that. No, please join us I again. It's a I good conversation, AJ. Thanks an awful lot. Yeah, thank you. God's grace. Subversive Sabbath, the surprising power of rest. He's one of my favorite authors. He really is. AJ Swoboda.
I'm Robin Drzezinski from the original like Mattress it. Factory. Every mattress has two sides, so why only use one? If you're considering a no-flip mattress, this is your wake-up call. Two-sided mattresses last much longer, so why is it hard to find a mattress that flips? At Original Mattress, every orthopedic mattress flips. Why? Let's just say selling a premium two-sided product that only lets you use one side doesn't fit our values. Don't let them sell you half the mattress at twice the price. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we are bringing the ultimate date night to your community. For more than 20 years, Jay and Laura LaFoon have been helping couples grow closer together with their unique form of marriage edutainment. The ultimate date night is an evening of fun, music, comedy for couples that is going to help you reconnect. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you, you're going to sit next to your spouse and you're going to laugh a lot. There will be hand-holding laughing, and even dancing cheek-to-cheek at the ultimate date night. And believe it or not, you and your spouse will feel closer together when it's done. We want to help you connect, and the ultimate date night is the perfect place to come, to laugh, to connect. We have people tell us we haven't laughed like this in years. The ultimate date night is a great reminder of how much fun you can have together. We are looking forward to bringing the ultimate date night to you. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers present the ultimate date night with Jay and Laura LaFoon this Friday at Christ Church at Farm. Tickets just $42 a pair. Keyword date night at wordfm.com. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeal Athletics to Fine Arts, service activities, and more, Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock on unexpected blessings. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop. It's a deeper relationship than I thought I would be developing with my patients, and it's reawakening my relationship with God. And I think it has just about everything to do with me purchasing this practice and the patients welcoming me like they did. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hey, Friday, we're going on a date. Yeah, we are. We're going to be the MCs of the ultimate date night. Now, here's the weird thing for us. We're going to be at the ultimate date night without our spouses. Right. How's that even work? We're bad at that. But... How does that work? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you how it works is that we both show up. Because we're working. Yeah, we exactly. <laughs> a, That's how it works. It's a Word FM event. We're going to be there. Exactly. So we hope that you're there as well, right? Uh, general admission for the Word FM event, the ultimate date night with Jay and Laura LaFoon at uh, Grove City. I'm sorry. No. Not Grove City. <laughs> Grove, Grove City? <laughs> Wait. Don't go to Grove City. <laughs> don't go there. What? Because we'll be at a different date. <laughs> Christ Church at Grove Farm yeah, is go. what he's trying Christ to say. Christ Church at Grove Farm. And, and we want to encourage you to bring your spouse, Please. even if we're not bringing our spouses. <laughs> exactly. Your spouse is working, right? My spouse is working. My spouse is working. Yeah. So I'm going with you. So 
yeah, my we live in the east. So for by the time my wife would get here, the date would be over. Right. That'd be, right? So that would be the less than ultimate date night. Yeah. So wordfm.com, the place you go to find out about uh, the ultimate date night, Jay and Laura Lafoon. We'll be there. We'll be the MCs for the evening. We'd love to say hi, yep. greet you, and talk about the show, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. You can put it, if you're a caller to the show, you can put a face with a name. That'd be fun. Check us out. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you don't look like you sound. You hear that a lot. How about the woman last time we, not last time, but a couple times ago when we, we did a public event, someone came up and said to me, is that John Hall? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, he's so much better looking than I expected. <laughs> I don't know what that, I'm not sure whether that was an, yeah. a, an insult or yeah. like a, a great compliment. Like they close their eyes and they envision like some troll guy. <laughs> just me. Just me and me. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. It was a record on Wall Street and not in a good way. Dow was up and down, dropping nearly 1,600 points at the low before closing this hour at 1,175. Gains for the year were gone as of late afternoon. And the slump began on Friday as investors worried that increasing slides of higher inflation and interest rates could derail the U.S. economy. Correspondent Dennis Crowley reporting market pros have been predicting a pullback for some time. Once again, here are the numbers to crunch. The Dow down by 1,175 points to 24,346. The Nasdaq dropping by 273. The S&P lower by 113. Some good news, oil down $1.30 to close at $64.15 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, the nation's oldest Chevrolet dealership. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Hagerman Law, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit HagermanLaw.com. I'm Tiffany Haddish, and I use Groupon so much, they made me the spokesperson. As the new Groupon spokesperson, they want me to sell you on saving money. And I'm like, what? You got to convince people to save money. You actually have to convince people to save on things you do every day? Like up to 60% off massages and 40% off painting classes? That is the stupidest thing I ever heard. Almost as stupid as not saving money with Groupon. 
Download the app and save. Groupon. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, let's start a conversation. Call me, Mike Howard, General Sales Manager, 412-937-1500. Increase of clouds tonight with a bit of snow late, leaving a coating to an inch of accumulation, making untreated surfaces slippery. A low tonight down to 19. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 31. Snow arrives tomorrow night after midnight, a low of 19. That snow will accumulate 2 to 4 inches into Wednesday morning before mixing with and turning to sleet and freezing rain. That will wind down in the afternoon. We'll see high Wednesday at 34. I'm Acuba, the meteorologist, Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. How do you explain this, that nine years ago you're coaching in high school and here you are with this trophy? I can only give uh, the praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for giving me this opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something. I got the best players in the world. What was that feeling like? You're in the huddle and you know that play is being called. What are you thinking? Uh, I better score. I mean, glory to God first and foremost. We wouldn't be here without him. This team is amazing. I mean, each and every day we go out there, we love to practice. And I think that's the foundation of this team. And wow, what a run it's been. Just another game, right, Nick? Yeah, just another game. <laughs> Unbelievable. All glory to God. That's super cool, isn't it? At the Super Bowl, all glory to God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, God doesn't need that shout out. But for the whole country to hear that, the whole world, yeah, you know he what? just won the Super Bowl, you, that's excellent. You know what? I- We've talked about this so many times that when the guy hits the home run and he points toward heaven, right. so God's on Sign my side cross. when I get a home run. But then when I'm on the losing side, where's God? Like, so God's only on the side of the winning team. That's not what those guys were saying. No, I think no. they were just, I think that when we individually are in points in our life where we have to express gratitude, we have to be allowed to express gratitude. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, if you're listening to this program and that's something that seems weird to you, I don't know, maybe that might help explain it a little bit. I, well, it's easy I, to criticize that. Yeah, it is. It seems cheap and a throwaway. It is. And sometimes it is cheap. Yeah, of course. And sometimes it is not. a throwaway. But last night it seemed sincere I, to me. It really did. Like the group of those guys, the Philadelphia Eagles, there's a core of guys there yep. who who are loving the Lord. Yeah. I, I think that's Well, when when, when Carson Wentz, the, the quarterback who was lined up to get the NFL MVP, a quarterback for the Eagles, when he got hurt in that last game of the season, was it second to last game of the season, and blew out his knee, you know, everybody thought, well, this That's is it. it. Like, we're headed for the Super Bowl, and now it's all over. The way that man handled that was so impressive. Who's that, Doug Peterson? No, when uh, Carson Wentz, oh. when he got hurt. Oh, when Carson, the way when, Carson handled it. Yeah, when he put that video up on Twitter yeah. and Facebook, he said, look, this is I'm devastated. I can't believe this happened, but I am clinging to the fact that God has a plan that's bigger than me, but will include me 
in this, and I'm just going to have to go day to day. But he was he was an unfailing fan and support, mm-hmm. not just a fan, but a fan too, and a support behind Nick Foles when Nick Foles took over for him. And Nick Foles was so, when he was talking after the game last night, I thought this was so remarkable. Nick Foles, the quarterback. Yeah, Nick Foles, the quarterback who won last night. So he's a journeyman quarterback. He's played for like four different teams. He's just, he's kind of like, you know, been, you know, batted around the NFL so for him to win the Super Bowl is so preposterous, really, when you look at his background. But I loved when he was sitting there with the guys um, at ESPN at the end of the game. And those guys are just heaping these, you know, Steve Young is just heaping these praises on him. And, and Nick Foles, it was, wasn't like he wasn't taking them, but he was so regular. That's all I can say is he it's not that he wasn't celebrating, but he wasn't celebrating to the point of this was the greatest moment of his life. He was celebrating that this was great, but that this was this was just a a wonderful thing to celebrate. It it didn't seem overdone. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was going to go out and, you know, get high and, you know, jump off the roof of the Ritz Carlton. (laughs) Which would be a bad combination. Sorry, Philadelphia Eagles fans. Yeah, yeah. I had to say it. Or go to Disneyland. Or go to Disneyland. No one said that. No one said that. said that. Isn't that good? I really liked it. I really yeah, me too. Doug Peters. Doug Peterson was coaching high school football. Nine years ago? Are you kidding me? That's and now he won the Super Bowl. He looks like a high school and football coach, And he had, I'm he? telling you, the guts, I chose that word specifically, it took for him to make that call That's good. Before, the, before the half. To, to it was four, it. to four, fourth down to go for it to th- the cri- when I saw that Nick Foles didn't even have the ball I thought what the heck is going on with this and then he catches it it was a dream that sure was, was I loved play. it I loved it okay how about the start of the game whenever they were doing the uh, coin toss did you see that yes all the Medal of Honor winners listen you know uh, the NFL is bending over backwards to make to as, make good as they should well of course but I love it but that wasn't that something. Oh man! If you know anything about the Medal of Honor and all those guys, I was looking at those there, faces. I, I hit pause and I just looked at some of those faces and I thought, "What are those stories?" Oh, I'm sure they're well told. And how about the guy who flipped the coin from World War II? Yeah, from Iwo Jima. How old is he? He's got to be 90 he years has old. To be, he looks so great. He looked terrific. What the heck? It's a bad toss, though. Well, well that's okay. Yeah, he but, did. A, he did a lot of things better in his life yeah, than toss the coin he last surely night. Surely did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was. But, it so was, from start to finish, I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Oh, it was a fantastic Super Bowl. I'm going to watch it again tonight. Oh, are you? Good yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. And I think the best thing, okay, the heartbreak of the Steelers not getting into it, at least for me, uh, I did not feel I, so I felt deeply better. emotionally connected. Oh, well, I didn't, even, I didn't even pay a lot of attention to it until yeah. the end of the first half. I really didn't. Yeah. Because I was sure the Patriots would win, and I did They're not dominant. want to subject myself to such horror. Yeah, no, I watched the game pretty carefully. But the uh, universe corrected itself. Did, they did they, not uh, win, and all is fine with the world. However, you know, and, and everything comes back to the Steelers. Because that crazy play that was a touchdown, correctly called as a touchdown. And it should have been correctly Ex- called when it was Jesse James. Exactly. When the Steelers actually beat the Patriots exactly. until it was taken away from them by exactly. the officials. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, really, you saw that and you go, yes, vindicated. Exactly. All right, Super Bowl commercials. Uh, we talked about the Doritos one, which I got a kick out of. Very fun. Um, can you pull up um, uh, Eli Manning? This? <laughs> no, Eli, this Eli Manning's awesome. not a bad dancer. Oh, he's not a good dancer. Are you well, kidding you know, me? His partner was a pretty bad dancer. It. Th- this commercial was so funny, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Eli Manning looked re- 
ridiculous. What you want to see is, I'm sure, the, the uh, outtakes or the behind the scenes of the making of the commercial. Because I bet they laughed an awful lot. I love when the guy says, let him dance. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just so, so funny. What, what was it for? Uh, see? I have no idea. Nobody knows what it was for. No. It doesn't matter. No. I mean, when Odell Beckham jumped like that, yeah. oh my gosh. All of a sudden, who was the girl in Dirty Dancing? I think it was to all Jennifer. the touchdown to come, all the touchdowns to come in the NFL. I think it was. It was an NFL oh, ad. Oh, yeah. was it? Okay. okay. About all the touchdowns. Was it Jennifer B? No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't no, Jennifer. No, that was no. Flashdance. Yeah. I can't think of what her name was. I don't Yeah, I forget. It was Patrick Swayze. Yeah. But I can't think of what her name was. Oh, Patrick Swayze. No, that was a I very hated funny that commercial. movie, but that was a very, very funny commercial. I that never was saw my the favorite commercial. Com- you never saw the movie? No. It was horrible. Yeah. It was atrocious. You'd hate it. Yeah. What? Dirty Dancing was bad? Yeah. Wait, Are you kidding me? Mike's, Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. Mike's taking a person. That was an atrocious movie. Come no, on, it was Mike. not. It was Come so on. Patrick dumb. Swayze at his finest. Oh, it was. Uh-huh. I'm sure it was. Jennifer Grey, Oscar award winning <laughs> oh, yeah. acting. I'm telling you. You know, uh-huh. I don't think she did win an Oscar. Yeah. She didn't. For that, did actually. Not. I don't no, think. No, she, I don't actually think she did. It, it, Jerry Orbach did it, though. Yeah, Jerry Orbach. That, yeah, that's a good call. The title alone. Yeah, you, that should tell you exactly cheese. what the movie was. Here comes a massive cheese. amount of cheese. And I hated every song. Dirty Every dancing. single song from break. that soundtrack was unbearable. Yeah. All right, what about, um, okay, so that was my favorite commercial. Was it? Oh, my, you know what mine what was? What was yours? The, the montage of the Tide commercials. Oh, my gosh. Do you have one of those ones? Those are. F- yeah, just a typical Super Bowl car ad. That's David Harbour from right. Stranger Things. Yeah. Or a hilarious beer ad. <laughs> or. Whatever ad this is, whatever. But it's a Tide ad. What? It's a Tide ad. What makes it a Tide ad? <laughs> there are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for? Diamonds. A gift that lasts <laughs> for a new time. <laughs> it's time for a cold refresh. <laughs> tide ad. Fall into the sleep of no. you. No. Tide. <laughs> no. Extreme. No. Tide. Tide. Meet the all new. No, it's a Tide ad. Tide. So, does this make every Super Bowl ad a Tide ad? I think it does. Uh huh. That's good. It wasn't that good. good. Then it would go away and come back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so the fact that it kept recurring was really funny. They made a great point. And he. He's a star. Oh, yes, he is. Don't you think? Yeah. Definitely. And look, we, we did not forget the product in that ad, did No, we? you're right. You're it right. was a Tide ad. Because it, it was a Tide ad. Yeah. And did you see that? It looked like an Old Spice commercial. <laughs> yes. But it was, it was David Harper sitting on the horse with the Old Spice yeah. commercial guy. Which the horse was kind of, you know, computer generated yes, weird. It was longer. It was genetically <laughs> but, odd. And how about him with Terry Bradshaw? Oh, yeah. Is your man the kind of man who would climb the height? <clears throat> I'm in a Tide ad. Nice dance. <laughs> Get off my horse. It's very fun. Yeah, that was really good. So that was your favorite? That was my favorite, yeah. Mike, was that your favorite? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I heard people say that was an off year for the Super Bowl. No, ad. I don't they, think it they, was. They weren't nearly as good. I don't think it was. You know what ad I loved? And, you know, playing it wouldn't make much difference because basically all it is is music. And the thing that made the big difference was um, the graphics that went along with it. But it was the one with, um, let's see. What was it called? It was the one about the kids. It starts with the little... Not the baby ad. No, not the baby ad from T-Mobile. No, no, no. But the other ad that starts off where the woman picks up the baby and the baby doesn't have legs. Oh. 
and it's all about Paralympians. Oh my gosh, that was, that was incredible, a gorgeous. That sure was gorgeous commercial. Yeah, I was so thankful that commercial. Me was too. I thought you if get we're if we're choked up watching if we're it. talking about living in a pro life way, mm. that's what that means. Yeah, that's exactly that's it. what that means. I mean, it was because those were world class athletes. I Boom. absolutely loved that ad. Yeah, that that that's up there for me. Yep. Take a break. Come back. Uh, Good odds. That's the name of that commercial. Good odds. Oh, okay. Good odds. Amy Simpson's going to be with us. We're going to talk about things that can make you happy. Things you got to do. I want to be happy. Me too. Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. It's the little things that get you down. You're married to a faithful, loving spouse, but you aren't happy in the relationship. If that describes you, we'll encourage you to join Jim Daly and Dr. David Clark on the next Focus on the Family. It's a hope-filled discussion about loneliness in marriage and what you can do about that. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, February 14th is coming, and I'm not talking about Valentine's Day, but I am talking about a Medicare plan that you just might love. And I know you're thinking, didn't we just have open enrollment? Well, yeah, we did. But this is now disenrollment time, which means it's time to dump that so-called Advantage plan you have and get some real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. Todd Marley knows all of this Medicare stuff is confusing, and he knows you've got all sorts of questions, but he also has a team of experts that can help you, that can guide you through all of the options available so you can make the best choice possible. A comprehensive option that gives you access to any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none, and a Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but on quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands of in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley. Financial today. Remember, deadline February 14th, 724-884-1496 or look for them online at marleyfg.com. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. This time of year, the health clubs are filled with people, very intentionally, with people trying to just get in shape, right, to get their bodies toned, fit. But our next guest, Amy Simpson, who's a regular guest on our show, she talks about that, about the intentionality of keeping our bodies fit. But what about our minds? Amy Simpson is an author, a leadership coach, 
uh, two books we love, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness in the Church's Mission, and Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. She wrote a piece on her blog, uh, com, called 11 Ways We Can All Nurture Our Mental Health. Amy, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's always good to be here with you guys. So, Amy, it's true. When you get to, you know, January 1st and everybody's making their New Year's resolutions, it always has to do with, well, you know, I want to be more fit or I want to drop 10 pounds or I want to, you know, cut back on sugar or whatever it is. But there are very few resolutions that have to do with mental health. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. And, you know, the the good thing is that some of these these resolutions that we make around our physical fitness can help our mental health too. So there is a benefit to mental health with some of them. But yeah, we tend to um, neglect the our brains and our mental health. And our brains are actually the most complex and arguably the most vital organ in our bodies. And we we largely take it for granted. Yeah. So let's just go through some of these, Amy, that are important for good mental health. And not surprisingly, the first thing you talk about is that to have a healthy mind, it's good to laugh. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is a biblical idea, of course. <laughs> but as the Bible tells us that laughter is the best medicine. And it's true. A lot of studies have been done that have shown Laughing um, actually has a dramatic impact not only on our mood, but on the way we function, on the way our, our brains function. So it's good for us to have those lighthearted moments. Yeah, so you want to hang out with people who make you laugh. Exactly. What about walking? Now, I, I, I can imagine, you know, so walking is good. We, we know exercising is good. But you're saying that walking in nature, um, specialists say, is particularly good for our brains. Yeah, it's interesting, and they don't, they don't, scientists don't really understand exactly why at this point, although I think for, for Christians we could theorize that it has something to do with our, you know, our, our awe of and our connection with our Creator. Um, but studies have shown that um, people's brain function changes and their mood changes, their stress level dramatically dis- decreases just being out in nature for a certain amount of time. Even listening to nature sounds um, on a, on a, their phone or something like that can actually make make a difference for people. So there is something about actually being out in nature that is very good for us, especially our for our mental health. So we we need to take that seriously because many of us have largely lost that connection mm-hmm. with the natural world. Okay, so I want to be healthier mentally. I want to laugh. I want to take a long walk in nature, and I want to be grateful about it. <laughs> yeah, about it. And all the other things in our lives that we have to be grateful for. Um, another thing that is often taken for granted, you know, it feels good to, to be grateful, but sometimes we, we think we have to have an exceptional reason to do so. Um, you know, instead, when we stop to just appreciate the things we take for granted, I saw on Twitter the other day someone said, you know, when I'm having a really bad day, I, I think it was Rachel Held Evans, when I'm having a really, really bad day, I just thank God for having running water in my house. Mm-hmm. You know that That's we take for granted, and yeah. yet if, when we change our attitude to one of gratitude for whatever it is that we have in our lives, it can tr- really transform our not only our mood but our um, our mental health. Mm-hmm. It, it actually is very good for us. For people who pray, um, I can't imagine not doing it. You know, I can't imagine you know, be living life alone in that regard. But for people who don't pray, um, it seems like a kind of a foreign land or like a weird type of, you know, meditation yoga thing. But scientists say that praying is actually good for our brain chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And there are studies that ha- that show links between prayer and physical health too. But yes, they have found that 
prayer can reduce depression, stress, and anxiety. It's good for our health mm-hmm. in general. And it, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there are very few risks involved in, in doing this, right, and taking the time to pray and to connect with God. Isn't praying with other people weird? <laughs> at yeah. first. at first, Isn't it weird at first? I mean, you have to say it's weird at first. At, at first it is, but then after you do it, isn't it great? it's the greatest. It's it's such a strange. It's it, it. you know. In later on in your list, you talk about facing your fears and doing difficult things. Prayer can be both of those. Some people yeah. are. I think everybody at one point or another is afraid to pray in a group, because you sense that there's a certain type of intimacy, or you feel like you're going to judge me, right? Or you're going to do it wrong, or you're going to show that you don't know anything about God. Or, or just a bad prayer, right? Doesn't make any sense at all, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't say anything that makes any sense, but the importance of still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great point that that this can, you know, taking some risks in prayer can hit on some of the other things that are good for us, too. Yes. Okay, so good for your head, uh, mental health, uh, positive things, a bag of chips or a salad. To be healthier, I should choose the salad, both physically and mentally. Yeah, and this is another thing where people often think about what's good for us in terms of our, you know, the rest of our bodies or what's going to help me lose weight or maintain my weight but don't often make the connection from what we eat to our mental health. And sometimes the things, ironically, that we do to try to be, you know, thinner or more fit um, in our diet actually can be detrimental to our mental health. So it's important to consider the entire body, not just, you know, the way we look or the way we, um, you know, how much we weigh when we are thinking about what we eat, because it really does have an impact on every single organ in our bodies, including our brains. We were talking to A.J. Swoboda earlier in the uh, in the show, Amy, and he's written a new book on Sabbath. And we talked about how much our culture resists resting and sleeping. So either we become people who sleep too much or we're crazy people who feel like if we're not being productive every minute of the day, there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. We're not being yeah, the we- best version of ourselves. We really live as if we have something to prove, don't we? (laughs) Something about our own invincibility or something. But sleep is actually, um, like it or not, we can't live without it. And we were actually created with a need for it. So when we honor that need, we are not only, you know, it's an act of faith, really, because it requires us to admit that the world will not uh, orbit off its axis when we're we're not paying attention to it. (laughs) Um, And it's very good for us. It's a... It's a break for us from the activity and from the demands of the day, and also it's good for us in very mysterious ways. This is another thing that is not well understood by science. They don't really know exactly all that happens for us when we sleep. So there are, there are mysterious forces at work here, and yet we really cannot function well or ultimately can't function at all if we don't get enough sleep. That's weird. So Friday, I traveled all day long. I was on an airplane. I came home on uh, Friday night, and I thought, I'm going to go to bed. I went to bed at midnight um, on Friday. I woke up at 10.30 Saturday morning. But the the really weird thing was I woke up, and at first I was like, yay, that, that felt so great. Then I felt guilty. Like, slacker, how dare you sleep, you know, 10 and a half hours. But it was good, though. Yeah, I'll bet it was good. And you, you must have needed it. Yeah. Well, sure. And that's the thing. When we can sleep, there's nothing wrong with sleeping. Yes. Okay. So to be happy, you want to laugh, you want to walk, you want to be grateful, you want to pray, you want to eat well, you want to sleep well. I love this. 
do hard things, right? A lot yeah. of us are afraid or shy away from doing something that's hard because we feel inadequate or we, we just don't think we can accomplish something. But by doing hard things, it creates pathways in our brain that also is ultimately a reward. Yeah, exactly. And it helps us discover uh, and access internal resources that we may not have even known we had. Mm-hmm. And external resources, too. You know, as we maybe enlist other people to help us with that hard thing, um, it helps us to build our strength in just mm-hmm. overall and, and particularly mentally. So, yeah, it is very good for us, even though it, it can make us feel uncomfortable. And, and that can cause us to think, you know, it's just part of our the way we function that tends to think if it's uncomfortable, it's not good for me, <laughs> you know, or it's dangerous but it can actually be very good for you. Mm. I know this is maybe an extreme example, but just this morning I was listening to a podcast. It was an interview with Condoleezza Rice, who was the former Secretary of State, um, and she's the provost at Stanford, and she's also a concert pianist. And, you know, she's been pursuing her, you know, career over many decades in uh, in political science, but she's also been playing, but not very much. So in the last couple of years, she decided to reinvest herself into, into her piano. And uh, she said that she had to play a concerto with uh, the symphony at Stanford. Mm. And she realized that she was going to have to memorize it because she just she it just wouldn't work. First of all, it wouldn't look right. And second of all, it just would be much better if it was memorized. Yeah. So she memorized the whole thing. <laughs> but right before she performed it, the head of the neuroscience department came up to her and said, hey, I heard that for tonight's performance, it's going to be memorized. And she said, yeah. And he said, you have done more for the neuroplasticity of your brain than you can imagine by making yourself memorize that. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Okay, so good. So something like that, very difficult, but also major bonus rewards. What about facing your fears? That seems so hard for many of us, right? Yeah, and it kind of works in the same way. It's a little bit counterintuitive because when we – when we feel fear, feel fearful of something, there's something in our system that tells us that's something that should be avoided. You know, that makes me uncomfortable or it's scary, so therefore it's dangerous. There's a part of our, our, our minds that is telling us there's danger there. And yet, the only way, really, to overcome our fears, particularly if they are irrational fears like phobias um, or uh, sources of extreme anxiety, is through them. And, you know, this is one of the reasons the, the very best treatment for anxiety disorders is exposure therapy. It's actually, you know, in a somewhat controlled environment, being exposed to the things that make you afraid so that you can learn to deal with them in a healthy way. And again, kind of access those resources, those internal resources to help you overcome that fear. So facing our fears can actually be a, an important part of healing and can be very, very good for us and can, can literally change our lives. Very nice. Okay, so face your fears and then, this is something we do, go to church because church is good. Yeah, and it's not just church. I will acknowledge that. It's other types of religious services too. Um, but studies, again, science has shown that people who regularly attend religious services have um, fewer problems with depression and other psychiatric problems. And in general, um, it, you know, it, it nurtures the spirit, it, it lifts us up, it tends to help us take our, our eyes and our minds off ourselves, and connects us to that sense of meaning in our lives. So there are multiple reasons that um, going to church is, is good for us, and it actually fosters our mental health. Nice. You want to be happy, you want to have good mental health, laugh, walk, be grateful, pray, eat well, sleep well, do something difficult, face your fears, go to church, and stay clean and sober, because that stuff messes you up big time. 
It does. And, you know, we don't hear a lot of talk about this, especially, I think, um, among young people. But particularly among young people, um, substance abuse can actually cause mental illness. And for someone who especially has a maybe a genetic predisposition to a serious mental illness like schizophrenia, um, using uh, recreational drugs can actually cause that, that illness to manifest. So there can be a lot of risks to our mental health in um, using and abusing these substances. And even if, we, even if that's not the case, you know, for somebody who has, um, say, a struggle with anxiety or depression, and, you know, for many people who do, they, they seek out um, these substances actually to self-medicate to try to make themselves feel better. And it's a very short-sighted thing to do. Um, there's often a lack of understanding that doing so will actually make the problem worse. So it might make you feel better in the short term. In the long term, it will make you feel much worse. It will make everything worse, including um, if you have some kind of mental health disorder, it will actually make the disorder worse. So, um, yeah, I definitely encourage people to instead seek medical medical treatment, um, you know, work with therapists, do the work, do the hard work of getting healthier and getting better and learning to manage their emotions and their moods rather than to um, to turn to something that will actually make the problem worse. And last but not least, do something constructive. I just mentioned the story about Condoleezza Rice. It was really inspiring to me. Yeah, I mean, she's cool. always played the piano, and she plays extremely well. But I appreciated the fact that you know, it was just a couple of years ago. She said, you know what? I don't really play well enough. And so she called the head of the she, – she went to the president. I mean, she's the provost at Stanford. And she said, who's the head of our music department? I don't, I don't need, I, I, I should find him. And she uh, sent him an email and said, would you teach me piano lessons? What? I mean, at that, and I don't know how old Condoleezza Rice is, but she's got to be, you know, close to 60 or maybe even older than that. Wait, so then how many years later does she sit down and, and perform by memory this piece? Two years. It's like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. Well, she's been playing all along, but she hasn't been, you know, playing. She hasn't at a been high level. At, a, at a high level. I so see. she really wanted to kick it up. But that's what you're talking about, right? Finding something, a hobby that you can really invest yourself in. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not a hobby, you know, maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a, a kid in your life or um, somebody who needs somebody to help them out with projects in their, in their home, you know, service projects, something that is that has um, tangible benefits for other people and for ourselves. Very nice. And be very good for us. Amy, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your time here. You're a font of wisdom for us, and you give us really major points of, of things to work on. So thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. Amy Simpson, uh, she's the author of Troubled Minds, Mental Illness and the Church's Mission, and Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry, talking about 11 ways we can nurture our mental health. AmySimpson.com. Homeowners have the perception that they don't want to do windows and doors in the wintertime. Energy swings Donnie Dara. Actually, winter is a fantastic fantastic time to do windows and doors because the prices are lower and we have what we call warm installations meaning a lot of the work's done from inside your home you don't have this big open gaping hole in your wall you take the old window out you put the new window in the perimeter of the window on the inside and the outside is what takes time to finish and to shim it and square it make sure it's plump our employee installers they're covered by workers compensation insurance 
we want to be sure that they are not injured in any way, shape, or form. So the doors or windows that are installed from inside the home, so that makes it a lot safer. So winter is an absolutely fantastic time, fabulous time to invest in windows and doors. And prices are lower at this time of year, too. Right now, get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Hey everyone, this is Ed Glover from Urban Impact with today's Man Up Minute. Colossians 3.2 says, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Years ago, there was a time when I spent most of my time working on my ministry rather than with my family. During the height of this successful time, I became very ill and wasn't able to work for months. One night, a while after I had recovered, I was driving with my oldest son, Nathan, and he told me that he needed to admit something to me. He said, I've been feeling guilty because I've been thanking God that you got sick. And I asked my son why, and he said, because you were never around before, and now you are. I have my dad back. James Dobson says, the kids spell love, T-I-M-E. I encourage and challenge you to make it a point every day to spend time that is devoted to your children and their interests. Hug your children every day this week and tell them you love them. I'm Ed Glover. Thanks for listening to today's Man Up Minute. For more information, visit us online at uifpgh.org. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management is a nonprofit organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges and reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis. 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Increase of clouds tonight with a bit of snow late, leaving a coating to an inch of accumulation, making untreated surfaces slippery. A low tonight down to 19. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 31. Snow arrives tomorrow night after midnight, a low of 19. That snow will accumulate 2 to 4 inches into Wednesday morning before mixing with and turning to sleet and freezing rain. That will wind down in the afternoon. We'll see high Wednesday at 34. I'm Acuba, the meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. So throughout a lot of the game yesterday, my wife and I were having a conversation while the game was being played. Then we would be quiet while the commercials aired. Why? Because you wanted to watch the commercials. Yeah, that was much more entertaining. And we were totally silent while we were watching the halftime show. I loved the halftime show. I liked it a lot. Oh my! I thought it was. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, new Mike. It's gotten slammed. I loved it. Oh, you well, did. So why is it getting slammed? Uh, I haven't read any of the criticism about yeah, it. I read stuff that you know people said um, it was less than underwhelming, uh, too much going on, too much razzle dazzle. No, uh, I didn't I, think. I mean, it's the Super Bowl halftime show is always razzle dazzle. Yeah, I read yeah. it was the worst halftime show Super Bowl performance. Worst. How could that? Th- well, clearly nobody watched The Who. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was horrific. I mean, come on. Or The Stones? That yeah. was horrible. No. The Stones that, were good. Oh, no, they I weren't like good. I like The Stones. Yeah. yeah. No, I no, don't think they were good. So Justin Timberlake backstage 
starts it. Right. You know, it was kind of like... It was somebody, like he was in a club, like a little Yeah, club, like right? somebody little, like a small match. Right. And then he made his way through with the steady cam, Which is just what he did at the Academy Awards last year. Yeah, I love that. me too. And then he comes out and there's that ramp... Right with a mm-hmm. with all the and what I loved about it was it was a real tight shot so everything was super condensed in there and you know the moves were so tiny for such a gigantic space but it was played to perfection yeah I loved it okay I'll tell you what I liked hmm. and I thought this I thought this showed a real awareness to where we are in America okay um, and it, Justin Timberlake's lyrics are not helpful. For healthy relationships. I think that's the nicest way I can put it. Is that the nicest way? I think that's pretty accurate. I gotta be right? honest. I can I understand think, most of the lyrics. I don't think it goes with the hashtag Me Too movement. However, yeah. what I appreciate is the fact the fact that every woman who was behind him was wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every woman. There was no, no there was none of that absurdity that we saw at the yeah. Grammys the other night. None of that. Um, the, the one problem I had, I said this as soon as it started, is I felt like it was kind of hard to see him and the dancers because of what oh. they were wearing. They kind of blended into the background a little bit. But but that's neither here nor there. How about his shirt? Did you see his shirt? <laughs> the red thing? Or, is it, or not? The, it I remember like, the scarf. What was his shirt? He was wearing something like from, like, what's the outdoors place? Um, you know. Uh, what, like L.O. Bean? Yeah, kind of. He had a couple of, like, deer on Did his you- shirt. Did you see the uh, trending picture going around? No, no. What was that? Bob Pro- Bob Ross painting a, a picture of like a wilderness. <laughs> that's what it was like. And it, it's actually Justin Timberlake's T-shirt. <laughs> oh no, that's very funny though. I like that. Yeah, there was like I a couple of that. bucks on the shirt. Yeah. No, like I didn't he, notice. You no, know, was like at the man store, and he just picked that up. The tweet I thought was hilarious is was you know when he went up to uh, up in the in the uh, stands at the end. Oh yeah. Oh. And he took a selfie with the little kid. That kid didn't know who he was. Well, the little kid. That's what the meme is. Is oh. the little kid's looking at the he's 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 you know googling who's Justin Timberlake. Exactly, because the kid was hardly paying attention, and it's that was Justin. Awesome. He's in the middle of the halftime show. I thought that was. Re- I really liked it. I did too. Okay, How- so what are the criticisms? Uh, too much going on, uh, kind of like a B plus performance yeah, as far as I think so. he was scattered. He and you named scattered. You named one criticism that you could barely hear his lyrics too. Yeah, I couldn't understand well, his yeah. lyrics, yeah. Yeah. but I didn't really care about the lyrics. It was about the beat right. and the movement. Yeah. Right. That's I all. thought the Prince tribute was cool. He was lip syncing. Oh, they, 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 it was weird till the end. It kind of looked like <laughs> I think it went on too long. What? Because you didn't know who it was? No, the end. You know the Prince symbol? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the end. Burn it. With a hologram on the yeah, sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked yeah. like Prince was a devil. Uh-huh. It looked like he had a devil tail, which was kind of freaky to me. Yeah. But what oh, was really cool that. is when they panned out into the city and Yes, the wasn't that awesome? Oh, that was my cool. gosh. That was just. How did they do that? Was that Did that actually happen or was that no, like I a computer-generated thing? I think that actually happened. That yeah, was yeah. awesome. You know what that I thought? Awesome. Whenever they went outside the stadium, I thought, look at those people driving their cars. They're missing the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's yeah, what, what I thought. Who are those people? Why did they miss the Super Bowl? Yeah. It's in their own city Why for crying out li- Purple lights flashing <laughs> from yeah. my eyes. I felt bad for everybody. Yeah. I was having chips and dip and feeling bad. I thought it was a good halftime show. I thought so, I'm going to watch it again tonight. Are you, though? Yeah. So you're going to go home and watch the whole game again? Yeah. The whole game? Well, here's the thing. The game isn't very long if you don't watch any of the commercials. Oh, you got that right. There yeah. was only one punt. It was an amazing game. It was a good game. Only one and punt. And because the Steelers were... It, <laughs> I mean, isn't you save nice, yourself all your mental isn't health. Isn't it nice oh when you don't gosh. have to have your heart in your mouth no, the whole time? I like, loved it. On the edge of having a heart I did, attack? Though. I did, because I thought the whole entire time the Patriots were going to end so up Oh, uh, yeah, of course. So did I. I'm telling you, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I thought this is where it, this yep. is how it happens. Yep. I was having flashbacks to last year yep. when my whole family's asleep, and uh-huh, I have to suffer uh-huh. that indignity on my own, watching the Patriots <laughs> come back and crush the Falcons when yep. they had the whole game in their hands. Did you watch it alone last yesterday? Uh, my daughter stayed up. 
Oh, very good. Yeah, Excellent. so yeah. I was not alone because okay, I, I said I do not want to be alone in yeah, that horrible moment. But I but we were together in victory, so it was good. 101.5 WORD. We're living today in a time of tragedy, and it has nothing to do with crime or terrorism or even death. The tragedy is that the world has continued forging ahead and left God behind. He hasn't changed, but our priorities have. We could learn a few lessons, good and bad, from the kings of the Old Testament. So we hope that you'll join us on Through the Bible this week as we continue Dr. McGee's study in Second Chronicles. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Would you like more than just a mattress? This is Robin Trzinski, and everyone likes alternatives. At the Original Mattress Factory, we offer two types of adjustable sleep systems as an alternative to traditional mattress sets. Adjustable sleep systems offer special features and functionality that allow you to customize your sleep experience. We currently offer two different adjustable bases, the Style Plus, made exclusively for us by Leggett & Platt, and the Elite, powered by Reverie. Both bases give you the flexibility to raise or lower both the head and foot of your bed to meet your individual comfort needs. The new Style Plus also comes standard with dual massage motors, while the Elite can be customized with features such as Bluetooth and surround sound speakers. When paired with one of our high-quality mattress options, both sleep systems provide the comfort and support of an original mattress that can be adjusted easily with just a touch of your wireless remote. Check them out at an original mattress store near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience and original. I've been married so long, I don't even look when I cross the street anymore. No, please. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we're bringing our ultimate date night to your community. What is an ultimate date night? It's 90 minutes of nonstop laughter, music, and fun. It's a great night for you to reconnect with your spouse. It's a night for all couples to connect through entertainment, all the while learning some biblical truth about marriage. We've been helping couples celebrate the gift of marriage for over 20 years, and we we can't wait to bring our comedic look at marriage to your community. So get out of that date night rut. You know, that dinner and a movie over and over again. Or maybe you haven't even been on a date in a long time. Join us at the Ultimate Date Night and get ready to laugh. And get ready to connect. Grab your spouse by the hand and join us at the Ultimate Date Night. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers present the Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. February 9th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $42 a pair. Keyword date night at Word FM. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock on unexpected blessings. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop. It's a deeper relationship than I thought I would be developing with my patients, and it's reawakening my relationship with God. And I think it has just about everything to do with me purchasing this practice and the patients welcoming me like they did. On Perry Highway in Wexford at Stock Family Dentistry. You know, they say the best is yet to come, but to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, thanks for being with us. So do you find yourself in some ways having to defend your Christianity to your friends, right? Uh, you know, you're, I think all of us probably have people who are not believers, right, in, in our circle of friends, and they like to take pokes at us. 
it's just kind of sport for a lot of people. Right. So how do you how do you respond to that? You know, how do you look at the secular world and go, yeah, you know, you're believing some crazy things, so don't be pointing the finger at me about my beliefs. Well, Rebecca McLaughlin is back with us. Rebecca, she's a she's a writer at the Gospel Coalition, RebeccaMcLaughlin.org online, and she wrote a piece called Six Cracks in a Secular Worldview." Rebecca, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Oh, nope. sorry. Hey, Rebecca. Are you there? I'm here, yeah. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for being here. I think you've written an article that is interesting because when we think about a conversation that we might have with a friend of ours who is not a believer, maybe they are agnostic, maybe they're atheist, maybe they just don't care, um, and you think, when I explain that I believe that there was this guy who lived in the Middle East and he died, but then he wasn't dead, and then... And and so the more you the more you think about it, you're like, wait, this sounds kind of nutty. crazy. I, he's going to think I've lost my mind. But <laughs> but you're saying if if we think about the secular perspective on the world, then that's kind of crazy too. Yes, I actually want to begin by talking about ice skating for a second. <laughs> so I, I took my kids ice skating last Saturday. And we are not good at ice skating. So we fall over, we you know, do this weird tap dance on the ice before falling over, and it's kind of a, a scary process for my little kids. <laughs> and as I was reflecting on this, I was thinking it's actually not unlike life, ice skating. You know, you're little, you struggle, you don't know how to do it at all. Yes. Then you get big and, you know, you get confident, but actually when you fall, you crash much harder. And then you watch the Winter Olympics and you see these people who've dedicated their whole life to ice skating and suddenly they've done this amazing twirl in the air and landed like smack on their backs. Yes. So all have this, this scary experience of, of ice skating. But one thing we don't usually worry about is the ice that we're actually skating on. Like I wasn't mm. worrying on Saturday, is yeah. ice going to break feet because it was a, you know, an orchestrated um, ice skating rink rather than ice skating on the Charles River, which is the, the body of water next to us. And I think it's it's easy for us as we go through life to focus on the skating that we're doing and to not necessarily wonder about the foundation that we're mm. skating on. Um, and I think particularly for our friends who are not Christians, as you know, as you rightly say, we, we Christians believe some crazy stuff. Um, but I think if we can, in a gentle and empathetic way, help our non-Christian friends look at the ice beneath their feet, I think we, we, we see some pretty substantial cracks there. Um, so, yeah, I've got, got six on my sleeve here. I'd love to, to talk through. I'm sure there are, there are more. Um, should we kick off then? <laughs> yeah, let's kick off. So you mentioned that there – so if if we look at our uh, – at the secular worldview as the ice you're talking about that, yeah. you, were, that you were skating on, um, you said that there are some cracks in that ice. Um, so the first thing you mentioned is our uh, – I would, I would call it um, – an obsession with what we think science is. Right. So I think in our popular imagination, there is a choice that you make between science and faith. Hmm. And we think that science is grounded on things that, that by definition, presume at least a functional atheism. And that's partly because the scientific method that was developed 400 years ago um, is interested in looking for natural causes of natural phenomena, i.e., you don't do a science experiment and think, you know, well, maybe the result is because God came in and miraculously intervened at the lab today. That's just not how science works. Mm-hmm. Now, often 
secular folks will use that as evidence to point um, to a, a non-theistic worldview and say, well, therefore God you know, probably doesn't exist. But if we look back at the history, we'll find that it was, in fact, Christians who came up with that method in the first place. And it was precisely because they believed in a creator God who was rational, like we are, and had created the universe according to rational principles, that they started to, to look for those principles and discovered the underlying laws of science. Mm-hmm. And there's a fascinating um, guy, a professor at Princeton, his name is Hans Halverson, he's one of the top philosophers of science in the world. And he argues that even today, it's not only the case that science was originally founded on, on theistic principles, but even today, belief in a creator God provides the best grounding for science mm-hmm. that, that we have. Um, and you know, to, to look at it in another direction, if, if all we have is, is the universe and that there is nothing beyond the material, it's actually really hard to get your head around the fact that the universe had a beginning. Um, right. And so from a non-theistic perspective, it's, it's troubling to have no real grounds for either science itself or even our existence in the first place. Mm. And also, I think it, and tell me what you think about this, Rebecca, I feel like mm-hmm. it keeps science in its proper place. Um, instead of us thinking that science will tell us everything that's worth knowing, um, if we recognize that there's a creator, he's given us many different genres, many different um, areas where we can learn about the world and learn about him. So we can learn not just from science, we can learn from history or we can learn from political science or you know, that, that it, it's a greater world than just limiting ourselves and thinking that somehow it's better if we're just super rational and limit ourselves to what we think science is. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And that actually brings us very neatly to the second point I'd like to raise, which is that if you take the view that we are only what we can analyze scientifically and that the universe is only composed of material things, um, which you know some, some of my atheist friends would, would take that to right. then we're left in real trouble when we start trying to ground our understanding of what a human being is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, many in, in this country and other parts of the West would say that the, the fact that all human beings are, have equal value is a self-evident truth. And actually, if you look at societies throughout history, and if you look at many societies even today, that truth is far from self-evident. Um, now, most of my friends who are not Christians believe passionately in human rights. They believe in human equality. But if you take the view that actually you and I can be reduced to our atoms and molecules, and that's all that we are, and I don't think at all as Christians we have to you know, deny any of the scientific explanations of, of who we are. I don't. I don't think that's that's the point. But it's to say, I'm not just the atom. I'm not molecule. just that. Right. Not, um, the biochemical reactions. I'm not just a mammal. I'm also a human, and I'm a human in relationship with a living God. Um, but if we if we take away that, um, you know, if we go with the premise that actually science tells you all that you need to know, and that there is no real truth, real kind of objective truth beyond science. We need to abandon our belief in human equality and human rights. Mm-hmm. Right, because if, it's, if, if we're just a collection of uh, amino acids, as they say, then the hashtag Me Too movement means nothing. Yeah, and again, I mean, I think this, this raises a, a very interesting um, tension within the common secular worldview, um, which uh, is the, the fourth point uh, kind of on, on my list here, but I'll, I'll skip to it now because this is a, a nice moment to do so. Um, it was fascinating watching um, Oprah Winfrey's speech um, a couple of weeks back at the, the Golden Globe, and she talked about the courage of women who had spoken their truth. And she you know, used the language of your truth. Mm-hmm. 
because what she was commending was people um, you know, having, the, having the courage to speak truth that was deeply personal to them about experiences that had happened to them. But we wouldn't for a minute want to say that those experiences were only their subjective truth right. and were not also objective, right? right? Because if, if they were, then, then those are lies and we, we shouldn't be listening to, to people who are only speaking their truth. It's not also objective. But actually, from the perspective of, of some secular views or some, you know, what you might call soft secular views um, that say, well, there isn't really such a thing as objective truth. And particularly when it comes to you know, the big questions of life, um, you know, we can't say that you know, any particular religion is true or false, for example, because, you know, we just we don't have those kinds of categories. You actually get into real trouble when you start to then, you know, and rightly so, want to assert real objective truth that is not scientific truth, but is based on personal experience or based on, on history. Um, and then we get ourselves into all sorts of, of trouble because we have no grounds for justice. We have no grounds for um, asserting the reality of historical phenomena, um, even the terrible things that have happened in our history that it's important for us to remember. Um, so I think there's a real competing need for, between objective truth and and what you might call religious relativism that wants to say, you know, all religions are equally true, even though they, they conflict in important ways. Um, you know, you might call it the coexist bumper sticker approach to the truth. <laughs> right. Um, Rebecca, we have to pause there. Rebecca McLaughlin holds a PhD from Cambridge University. She's a regular writer for the Gospel Coalition, and we have not even really scratched, scratched the, the surface. surface of this article. So, Rebecca, we'd love to come back with you at a future time and talk about the rest of this. Maybe later this week. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, John and Kathy. Uh-huh. Thank, Thank you, you Rebecca. Rebecca. Sorry for that. We'll let you go. Rebecca McLaughlin online. RebeccaMcLaughlin.org is her excellent website. As you can hear, she has a very interesting, wonderful things to say. Take a break. Come back. Talk about tomorrow's show. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals, seeking a skilled labor position, or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit expresspros.com slash Pittsburgh West. Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. There's a girl in El Salvador who dreams of becoming an engineer. There's an elder in Uganda who dreams of having a community to call his own. No two dreams are the same. Help one person achieve theirs at unbound.org. We're living in the in the beautiful daylight of a patriot defeat in the yeah. Super Bowl. That's what we are. I don't care. It's dark. No, it's Sunset. dark outside, but in, in my mind, it's all light. Yeah, but you know, it's all good. So it's kind of like the entire country mm-hmm. versus the Patriots. Yeah. Wasn't it? That's the way it should be, really. I felt bad for I kind It's of all people of goodwill. 
versus the Patriots. Do you feel badly for them? What a is bit, wrong with just you? Just a little bit, because it was so lopsided. Mike, he's I mean, kidding it, me? Mike, he's no, a pansy. No. He's a pansy. You, I just felt like, you know, oh, geez, everyone's beating up on the Patriots. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. That's all. Just, Sean. I'm just saying. They're the evil empire for I crying know, but still, you know, I just, I, you know, I hate to see anybody, you know, get, you know. I don't know. There were 27 <laughs> votes on how do you feel about the outcome of the 2018 Super Bowl. Yeah. Happy or sad? Yeah. And? 26 happy. One sad. One sad. I feel bad. See? That sad person was John. The entire country. Yeah. No, I'm not saying because believe me, I despise the Patriots as well. But, you know, when you see like the, the true flesh and blood and going to go, oh, bummer for you guys. Sorry. I'm just saying. You're going to watch it again tonight and revel in it, aren't you? I'm going to love it. All right. Go Eagles. Fly, okay. Eagles, fly. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com on January. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.